0: Well, how are you doing? This seems like a great time to move because this place is getting packed out. We don't have a video thing, and so it's just awesome to see you here. Uh, I'm really excited about our our time of teaching tonight. If you're brand new, not only welcome, but inside your program is a green and white message note sheet we use every week for our time of teaching, so you definitely want to pull that out. And if you guys are ready to go, uh, I'm ready to jump in. You guys ready to go? All right, let's do it. God, we're just excited to be here on this last weekend in this place where you've blessed and met us the last eight months every week in such an amazing way. And this has been an incredible journey we're on, and it's about to become more incredible. We are about to take the land. We are about to cross the Jordan. We are about to enter into a new season, not just of buildings, but of our church. And God, as we go in, we want to be fully prepared. We want you to tutor us and mentor us. We want you to anoint us with your spirit. We want you to pave the way, kind of part the, part the Jordan for us as we go. And so we pray today that as we, we go into this, as we do baptisms later, that you'll be here every step of the way, leading this way. We pray for clarity of thought, uh, clearness of speech, and that open hearts, and we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, today uh, is a very special day in the life of our church, and uh, for those of you who've been here a long time, you, you know this, that we are in the midst of a series right now called the Genesis Chronicles, and it's a, it's a series. Is studying the first three chapters of the book of Genesis, but uh, we're gonna be taking a break from that this week and next weekend because we're on the verge of a kind of a pivotal, uh, critical life change moment in the life of our church because next weekend we're moving into our new worship center. And so uh, for the next two weeks, this week and next week, we're taking a break from that series in Genesis. We'll continue it after the next two weeks, but we're going to be doing a special message both weeks to um, kind of get us ready to make this big move, and then next week to kind of dedicate this new worship center uh, to the Lord. And so um, today, we're going to be looking at the book of Joshua in the Old Testament. So if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn there. If you've got your apps, turn them on. We're going to go to Joshua chapter 1. There in your note sheet, you have a section called The Assignment Taking the Land. Now, I want to set this up. Uh, this is a critical moment in Israel's history. For the last 40 years, they've been wandering in the wilderness. So 40 years before, they came out of slavery in Egypt. Moses leads them out, Mount Sinai, the whole thing, Ten Commandments, the whole thing. And then because of their disobedience... They rebel against God. They don't go into the promised land like is what his plan for them was. And they spend the next 40 years in the wilderness. Sounds like 40 years later. Um, And so now is the time. And so they're going to be about to cross the Jordan and go into uh, the promised land. And so uh, this is a huge moment in their life. This is not going to be easy. There are enemies in the promised land. There's going to be warfare in the promised land. There will be a lot of challenges. And it comes at a critical time in their history because I want you to picture like, picture like 9-11, right? A major crisis in your nation, but your president has just died the week before, right? So it's like you got two things going on. And, and this is a major crisis in their life, and they have just lost their leader who has led them for the last 40 years. Their leader is Moses, amazing leader. He has just died. Joshua has just taken his place. Joshua was Moses' right-hand man, so he's learned a lot about leadership under Moses. But this is a huge challenge. He feels overwhelmed. It's over his head. He's feeling kind of terrified. And so God's going to come to him and speak to him some promises and give him some keys. To, Here's the keys to your success. And so with that as background, we're just going to start at verse 1. We're going to run through the first 11 verses. And I'm going to come back. And we're going to highlight three important principles for this time in our life as a church and as individuals, and then also three, uh, two specific steps that we need to take this coming week as we get ready to make our move. So in verse 1, it says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide, Moses, my servant, is dead. And so it's a transition time. So now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. And so let's set it up. Uh, they're, uh, they're across the Jordan River. They're on the point where the plains of Moab, uh, right behind them, are the mountains of Moab. For those of you who've been with us to Israel this last year, this is when you're coming down from the Galilee. You're coming south to go to Beth Bethsheon um, or Scythopolis. You remember that huge, that long drive you take down through the Jordan River Valley, huge valley, Jordan off to our left from the bus and then the mountains of Moab behind it. So they're, they're on the eastern side of the, of the uh, Jordan River, two to three million people, something like that, and they're about to cross the Jordan to what's called the west side of the Jordan. We call it today the West Bank. When you hear about Israel and the West Bank, that's about where they're about to cross the West Bank. And so, uh, that, that's the scene. And so, uh, Joshua is feeling uh, really overwhelmed by this. This is kind of underprepared. And so, God begins to give him some amazing promises. He says in verse 3, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Like, I'm going to be with you, and wherever you go, uh, I'm going to give you victory. I'll give you success. And now he begins to spell out the boundaries of the nation. And I want you to pay attention. We'll come back to this later. And he says, your territory, the nation of Israel, will extend from the desert. So that's in the south. We call it the Negev. And it's go to Lebanon, which is the north. Beautiful land. and and, And then from the great river, the Euphrates, that's the eastern border. Euphrates runs through Iraq today. So that's the eastern border. All the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. That's the Mediterranean. So God kind of outlines, here are the boundaries of this nation. Now, remember, God had promised to give this land to Abraham 700 years before this. But now he's saying, okay, now it's go time, and you're going in. Here are the boundaries of the land. And as long as you stay in those boundaries, I will be with you every step of the way. And so in verse 5, he says, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was, was, was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And so be strong and be courageous. So he's kind of giving them like a pregame pep talk, okay? This is like a, uh, kind of like a, a great coach giving his team this championship game. Hey, you guys, I've prepared. We're going to win this thing. And so God gives them this kind of pep talk, and uh, he says, you will lead these people to inherit the land. You can take it to the bank. I swore to their forefathers, like to Abraham, to give to them. He says, be strong. Verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Now so catch this. He says, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. So I want you to catch this. All these promises we just read "I'll with you every step of the way. You'll have success at every level. They're all, catch this, conditional promises. They're not guarantees. They're conditional. What's the condition? The condition is you continue to walk with me in the way I've laid out from you through the law of Moses. So the last 40 years, starting at Mount Sinai... Uh, God has revealed himself to Moses. Moses has written this down. We call this the law or the book of Moses, the first five books of the Bible. So Joshua has these scrolls and he says, uh, so this is the key to your success. I'll be with you, I'll bless you, but you're, on your part, you need to like, follow the instruction manual. Follow what I've told you kind of every step of the way. And in verse seven, he says, uh, be careful to obey all the law. You might want to circle that. Not, we're not going to pick and choose. All the law, my servant Moses gave you, he says, do not turn to it, from it to the what? Right. To the right or to the left. In other words, hey, this is the road. Uh, stay on the road. Don't exit. No detours. Don't get off. Uh, we're not going to go this way, this way. We're going to stay on exactly where I told you. And he says that you may have be successful wherever you go. Verse 8. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. What's he talking about? In ancient times, people didn't read in their head like we read today. They read out loud. So he says, hey, in other words, keep reading. Don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Keep reading it. He says meditate on it day and night. Think about it. Memorize it. Ponder it. Uh, Apply it to your life. Um, That you may be careful to do everything written in it. If this is the instruction book, And he says, you follow the book, you'll be successful. Well, it's important you read the book constantly so you don't forget what it says and do things that would get you into trouble, right? So if you you can't obey what you don't know. And so it's kind of your your job, Joshua, is to know it as as a leader. So he says, uh, then you'll be prosperous and successful. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? In other words, hey, remember who's giving you these orders. Um, Have I not commanded you? Uh, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Catch this. He was terrified. God never wastes words. Like, he never comes to someone and says, hey, don't be afraid. And you're like, oh, no problem. I'm not afraid. Like, he only says, don't be afraid when you're afraid. And he only says, don't be terrified when you're terrified. Like, don't be terrified. Oh, God, it's okay. I'm not terrified. <laughs> no, he's terrified. All right. So, he says, do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged because the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And so Joshua's had this pepped up, God's spoken into his life powerfully, and so now he's built up, he's encouraged, he's confident, and so Joshua, he goes out, he gets the officers, of the people together, remember, two to three million people, and he says, okay, guys, here's, what's the, here's the scoop, I want you to go through the camp, remember, two to three million people, it's going to take a while, there is no, like, tw- uh, Twitter, you know, it's like, you can't, hey, put this up on your blog, you know, send out an email, uh, this has got to be, like, personally communicated. Go through the camp, tell the people, hey, get your supplies ready because three days from now, uh, we're going to cross the Jordan. They've been waiting for this for 700 years. Uh, They had a chance to do this 38 years before, and they screwed it up. The last 40 years, they've been in the desert waiting for go time. And can you imagine what it's like, you're there in your tent, you're in the plains of Moab, you're making your manna or whatever. And all of a sudden, the leader of your tribe comes up, guys, it's go time. Three days, we're going in. It's Like, are you serious? We've been wandering for 40 years. This is it. This is it. We're going to battle? Yeah, we're going to battle. We're going to fight? We're going to fight, yeah. Well, where are we going to cross? Right here. Right here? Yeah, right here. Three days? Three days. I better get ready. You better get ready. That's right. You better get ready. Did you say three days? Yeah, three days. It's been 38 years. Why today? God says it's today. And it's right here. Yeah, it's right here. Like, right, this is the place. Like, we've been wandering for 40 years, and this is the place. This is it. Three days? Yeah, three days. I better get ready. Yeah, you better get ready. All right. So, three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you. Are you kidding me? Three days? It's happening? Really? Yep, three days. So, you better get ready. Wow. Well, we're, we're crossing our Jordan, not in three days, but in seven days. And so, it is time to get ready. And... Uh, Eight months ago, we were in that building. A lot of you weren't even here eight months ago. You never seen that building. You're fortunate. Uh, it looks a lot better now. I, I know God meant it's there, now. I'm just saying the building. Give me a break. All right, so. Um, all right, so uh, seven days we're moving in. Eight months ago, eight and a half months ago. I stood before you over there, and I said, we're going to go to the interim worship center. You said, all of us? Yeah. We're not, like, rotating or something? No, no, we're all going to go. How are we going to do it? We're going to have a venue. It's going to be packed. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be like the times of Nehemiah. There's going to be opposition. There's going to be hard times. But we just need to get ready. We need to get flexible. We need to listen to the Lord. We need to love one another. We need to be positive, positive. And I promise, just going to come out, and we're going to cross the Jordan. There's going to be a time we come back. And that time is now. That time is now. We're here. And God has met us, and God has blessed us every week. And we have grown during this time. And we have matured as a body during this time. And during this time, we've sent out today all serve, 1,100 people in the community, right? And God is moving, and life groups have grown Crazy, right? And God has blessed, but it's time. It's time to cross our Jordan. And to go back, can I tell you something? This crossing, this Jordan thing, this going to the building, it's not just about the building. I really believe this. I I believe we're on the verge of a new era. And crossing in this building is gonna be part of that, like crossing a Jordan. But it's not about the building. It's about us. It's about our hearts. It's about being ready. And so what I wanna do in the time that we have is I want to lay out, just highlight three important principles. I started to call them important. I changed them to powerful. Because these really are powerful, pivotal life lessons for all of our life, your life, my life, life as a church. They're powerful lessons as we take the land that don't just go for this week, they go for all your life. They are bedrock spiritual principles. We want to unpack them quickly and then talk about two specific steps we need to to take. So, there in your note sheet, you have a section that's called the assignment three powerful principles, kind of simple, kind of basic, powerful, as they often are. Number one, let's fill in some blanks. Number one, God has a vision. Uh, God is a visionary. We've been studying in Genesis, right? He's the one who thought up this world. He is incredibly creative, and he's a visionary. Like, God never comes to ask us and says, what's your vision for your life? I want to follow it. Have you noticed that? A lot of you thought that's how it worked, right? We've all done that. Like, hey, God, I've kind of worked this out. Like, if I could just kind of marry this person, and then we could get that job, and then we could just do that. And so could you just do that? That would just be awesome. How many of you like that's worked out really well for you, right? Because God's a visionary, like he's so much bigger, he's so much smarter, and he's got a vision. He's got a vision for your life, he's got a vision for my life, he's got a vision for your marriage. If you're single, he's got a vision for your future. If you've got kids, he's got a vision for your family. He's got a vision for your career. He's got a vision for your spiritual life. He's got a vision for your calling, your spiritual gifts, your ministries. He's got a vision for your finances. God is a visionary. It's who he is like, he never comes and asks your opinion on this vision, right? And so, like, he doesn't come to Joshua. Do you notice he doesn't come to Joshua like, hey, Joshua, um, you got a couple minutes? Oh, yes, God, Yahweh. Yes, I do. Um, okay, well, I was just wondering, you know, we've been in the wilderness for about 40 years now. Um, do you think the people are ready? Like, like, well, I, I'm not so sure. Um, well, how about you? Do you feel ready? Like, Because this is a big job, Joshua, and I'm not sure you're ready, but do you think you're ready? Because if you are, maybe together, you know. Um, and Joshua, what do you think? Do you think, like, this would be a good place to cross? Do you think, like, or do you think better? I mean, Jericho's over there. It's a pretty big city. Do you think that would be the good place, or do you think it would be better someplace else? And by the way, Joshua, I'm trying to figure out the boundaries of this nation. Like, how big should it be? Like, I know I promised it to Abraham, but 700 years ago, I'm kind of lost my mind. Uh, like, what, um, what should that, do you think, like, what would you think if we, are you with me in this? Now, I say this and you go, well, of course he doesn't, but it's kind of like, do you notice he never does this in the Bible? Like, he never comes and asks anyone opinion about what the vision should be? Like, he always has a vision. He had a vision for your life, he's got a vision for my life. So, write this down. Our job is never to create the vision. Our job is to receive the vision, okay? Our job is never to create it, and that applies to you in your life. It applies to me as a leader of this church. It applies to us uh, as a leadership team. Our job is not to go to God and say, hey, we've got a vision for Rocky Peak, and here's what we're thinking. So if you could just bless that, God, it would be, wow, amazing. And by the way, God, you would get all the glory, just telling you. Um, (laughs) It's not about us, not about us. Right? So, uh, so our job in our lives as a church is not to create the vision, it's to receive the vision, right? Number two. The second principle that flows out of this passage is that obedience is the key. You say, key to what? It's the key to the vision. So catch this. God has a preferred vision for your future. Okay? He has a preferred future for you. He's got a vision for your life. He's got a vision for this church. He's got a vision for this nation. He's got a vision for the world. He's got a vision for all history. He's got a preferred future. Remember when Jesus said to Jerusalem, remember the last time in Jerusalem, he's about to be crucified, the last time in uh, on Palm Sunday, he stops and starts weeping over the city. And he so said, what are you weeping about? And he said, Jerusalem, O oh Jerusalem, how many times did I want to gather you like a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you were not willing? God had a preferred future, but they didn't experience it. Why? Because they weren't willing to follow, listen and follow. So your life, God's got a preferred future for you. He's got a preferred future for me. He's got a preferred future for the church. But the key is always obedience. And so, in this passage, God spells it out. Like, look at verse seven again. Joshua one seven. He says, um, "Be strong and very courageous. Be careful." Underline that. Be careful. Pay attention. Be careful to obey all the law, not part of the law, not your favorite laws, not 90% of the law. I've said this before, but I want to say it again. Partial obedience is disobedience. And she so says, hey, this is the key. Hey, here's your instruction manual. It's called the success manual, Joshua. Here's your success manual. Follow the instructions, I'll be with you every step of the way. Don't follow them, it won't. Won't work that way. And we watch this, they go to Jericho, you'll study this in your life group. They go to Jericho, follow the instructions, tremendous success. When it gets to how they deal with the plunder in Jericho, they stop obeying. They go to the right or go off to the left. They have a crash as a nation. And get their tails whooped to the next city. Right? And Joshua's like, oh God, I knew this was gonna happen. And God's like, get off your, get off your face, stand up like a man. I told you. Stop screwing around. Like I told you to follow the book. You didn't follow my instructions. This is what happens, right? Can I tell you something? In our lives, so many times we pray for God's future for us. We pray for God's blessing on our marriage. We pray for God's blessing on our finances. We pray for God's blessing on our kids and God's blessing on our career. And we pick and choose which parts of the book we want to follow. And then we just can't figure it out. I can't figure it out why God's not blessing me. Well, here you go. Don't turn from the right or left. That's true for us individually. It's true for us as a church. If you want to experience the vision, you want to experience God's preferred future, if you don't want to wander in the wilderness for 38 years, go back to the instruction book. Learn to listen and follow what the Holy Spirit's telling you, what the Word is telling you, right? Jesus says. Now, number three, the third principle is that God has a plan. You say, wait a second, I thought you already said that. God has a vision. No, there's a difference between a vision and a plan. The vision is the preferred future. What's God's vision for Israel? They go in, they take the land, they expand the borders to the the, the borders he gave them. They would be prosperous. They would be blessed. They would not have a lot of disease in their nation. Uh, They they would have a lot of healthy families. Their enemies wouldn't win. I mean, Deuteronomy 28 uh, lays out, here are the blessings. This is my vision for your, your life, right? And so that's the vision. Life will look like this. A plan is how you get there. The vision is what life will be like. The plan is how you get from point A to point B. How do we go from where we are in the wilderness to the fulfillment of the vision? That's a plan. And what I want you to catch is that God is not only a visionary, he is a planner. And I want you to catch this in this passage, God only tells, not only tells them the what, he tells them, tells them the when and the how. The what is you go in the promised land. The when is now. In verse two, it says now. Well, well, how do we? Where do we go? Verse eleven. The the where is verse eleven. It says here. So what you go in where uh, when now where here? God not just has a vision; he he has the plan. And as you go into Joshua, if we were to go further along, we'd watch this. God says, hey, when you get to Jericho, I want you to march around the city once a day for seven days. And then the seventh day, go seven times, and then blow your trumpets and watch what happens. Okay, I got that. Great. That works really well. Let's go to the next city. Let's try that. No, no, no. We got a different plan. This time, you kind of rush up towards the city, and you let them kind of they're to chase you out like they're going to beat you up like last time. And then when they do that, you go in and burn the city. So God has a plan. And so for us to experience the vision, we have to be responsive to the plan. Now, God had a plan for the nation 38 years ago. 38 years ago, God said, go into the land. I will be with you. And they said, no, there are big people over there. There are walled cities over there. And so God said, okay, have it your way. Wander in the wilderness for 38 years until you all die. So they didn't, when the window of opportunity opened, when the door of opportunity opened, they didn't walk through. I want you to catch this. In your life and my life, God has a plan, and there are some days that are more important than other days. And when God opens a door, we need to walk through it. I don't. Hey, let me think about that. Let me get back to you on that. I'm not quite ready. Hit me up in five years. No, no, no. No, that's when we wander in the wilderness. Okay, so when God has a plan, he says, hey, it's here and it's now, then it's here and it's now, and you better go right now. Men and women, we are on the verge as a church of a here and now moment, Amen. right here, right now. And we've been preparing for this here and this now for two years, longer than that behind the scenes, but two years as far as you know if you've been here. Uh, Two years ago, we shared with you, it was in the fall of 2012, we shared with you that as a leadership team, we felt like God was giving us a vision for our future, and we called that vision The Assignment, and we said The Assignment has two parts. The first part is to join Jesus in his mission to seek and save lost people. That's how he defines it in Luke chapter 19, in some new and creative ways, right? To make that a bigger focus for the church. And the second part was to enlarge and refresh our campus. So when people came, they were already coming, but when even more people came as we carry out the first part of the vision, that we would be ready for them. And we have enough room for them, and we have. A great space for them where people have never been to church and have, don't know anything about Jesus, space that they can come into, and it feels comfortable, and it feels like this feels like good space, and it let, the, let their guard down, they can listen to the message, right? And so we share that vision with you. And so for the last two years, God has been with us every step of the way, right? And so both sides of that vision, during that vision, we've been praying for our one lives, right? We've been praying for these people that we know that love that don't love Jesus yet, that don't know Jesus yet, that are in our lives, that we're in their lives, that we've been praying for their salvation. Right? Uh, during the last two years, all serve happened, which is all about getting out in the community, establishing a presence, and creating an environment where it's easier for people to come to Christ. Right? During that time, the last two years, God has continued to bring people to Rocky Peak. How many of you here? Came in the last two years. Can I see your hands? How many? Just raise, raise, look at that. Look around the room. How many of you came in the last two years? Two, two, like two years ago, you weren't even here. God, God has brought you, right? And so that first part of the vision, I compared it to like two streams. Two streams coming together to form a mighty river. And that first stream was joining Jesus in his mission. And many of those people that have come have not known Jesus and they've come to Christ and they've been baptized and they've been incorporated in, right? That part of the vision is on track. We wanted to go bigger. We wanted to go stronger. We wanted the flame to burn brighter, but we are working on that side. The second part of the vision was to enlarge and refresh our campus. For the last two years, we've been doing that, right? It was, uh, what, I mentioned eight and a half months ago, we came in here. I, I threw out the challenges. I told you the challenges. You have been amazing, and I want to thank you publicly of how proud I am of you as a church. We have squished into a small facility, right? We have made do. Uh, ushers have learned how to ush in new ways, First impressions, you know, video cafe, I mean, uh, the, our, our cafe has had to operate out of subprime things. Our students have been in a crammed classroom, and they've had a great attitude. Celebrate recovery, has had to change your plans from time to time. Uh, kids ministry has had to make do and put classes together over these eight months. And so you've done an amazing job. And during that time that we've been out. That worship center, the kid's center has been renovated and we're ready to go in. And so this is the time. Uh, And here's what I believe. Like I said, I believe that we are entering into a new era in the life of our church. And it's not just a physical era, it's a spiritual era. And just as when Joshua crossed the Jordan and there was opposition, we will have opposition as well. The enemy will not allow us to take new territory, which is more lives from the darkness and the light. The enemy will not allow that without resisting it. And he has resisted us every step of the way in this project. And he will continue to resist. And so with that in mind, we have to get ready to cross the Jordan in seven days. And there's two specific steps that I want to talk to you about. So there on your note sheet. is a section called the assignment, two specific steps. And the first one is really more for me, but it involves you. The second one involves all of us. The first step is to prepare the people. Whenever you're in leadership, I don't care what you're leading, one of your most important responsibilities is to prepare people for what's coming. To the extent that you know, you prepare them. I don't care if you're leading a life group, you're leading a uh, kids' ministry class, uh, you're, you're leading a student ministry. As a leader, your job is to take people from point A to point B, to take them from where they are to the future. And it's often a future you don't even know. You haven't been there yourself. That's your job description. And, the, and so one of your most important jobs as a leader during times of change is to say, this is what's coming. Let me prepare you for it. And this is exactly what Joshua does. This is what this whole conversation is. Get the leaders together. Guys, three days we're going in. Three days? Yeah, three days. Three days from now? Yes, three days from now. Where? Right Here? Here? Yes, here. That's not a lot of time. I know. Get ready. You guys don't have a lot. on mortgages. So let's go. Three days. Right? Right here. Yep, right here. And then what does Joshua do? Without telling anyone. This is brilliant. He calls two of his top people in. He says, guys, I got a secret mission. Now, we didn't read this, but I'm not making it up. You can check it out in chapter one if we kept reading. He says, "Guys, I need you to do a little reconnaissance. I want you to cross the Jordan, go to the West Bank. I want you to see what's going on over there. I want to know what we're getting ourselves into. Uh, I want to know exactly what's happening. I want to know the mood of the people. I want to know the uh, how much, what their fortifications are like. I want you to go." He says, like, "I'm only sending two of you because uh, 38 years ago uh, Moses sent 12 of us. Didn't work so well. <laughs> only two got it right. So I'm starting with two. All right. <laughs> And so they could come back and then come back with a great report. Why is that important? Because it's important for the leader to know where they're going, and it's important for him to prepare the people for what to expect when they get there. And what I want to do is just take a few minutes and prepare you for what to expect next week, like spiritually, logistically, or whatever. So let's start. to do this. I need to go back in time, back to two years ago when we first cast this vision. And if you were here two years ago, here's what we said. Uh, hey, this vision that we have for the campus, we believe God has given us, we, we think it's going to cost about $7 million, right? So at the time, um, it's probably going to be more than that, by the way, but, um, <laughs> but at the time, it's about $7 million, right? So uh, we, so at the beginning, so here's what I want you to do. We want you to go away. Uh, we're going to share the vision with you. We're going to go away. We want you to pray about it. We want you to ask God what he wants you to do over and above your normal giving, what he wants you to do to turn this vision into reality, you do what God tells you to do, we'll all be good. We're not going to twist your arms, we're not going to make you feel bad, we just want you to seek God, do what he tells you to do, and we'll do that. And so, you know, our consultant said, well, we think maybe $4 million, you know, maybe maybe at the height, maybe $5 million or whatever, and we shared the vision with you, and so uh, it came back at uh, $5.2 million, it was amazing, it was fantastic, it was uh, kind of over-expectations, and so uh, we knew from the beginning that this was going to be a two-phase project, right? We knew that this was going to happen in two phases. We knew that we couldn't do it all in one. And so we told you that at the time. So from the very beginning, uh, our top priority was to do two buildings. We wanted to enlarge and refresh the worship center um, because, uh, it, it, you know, at the time it had about 700 to 800, we called them good seats. They had more than that. Like an Easter, you could cram more people in. But they couldn't really see, you know. It's like they're behind screens or back behind the penalty boxes or whatever. Um, And so, um, right. And so there were about 800 good seats. um, And so we wanted to almost double that. The goal was to uh, to to kind of do about thirteen hundred to fourteen hundred good seats. Okay, that that was our goal. And so that was a top priority because we were running out of space, and there were certain services we didn't have enough room. Um, and then we also wanted to create a designated kids center. We, we believe in kids ministry. We believe that we're raising the next generation for Jesus. We don't want, we believe that they become passionate Christ followers when they turn 18. It starts now. Uh, we need to teach them how to follow Jesus now. Uh, we want to pour into our kids, top priority. Uh, unleashing a movement of passionate Christ followers starts with our own kids. Uh, all those things. And so we want to create a designated kids center. And so those are our top two priorities. And the good news is that we've been able, with the money we had, so with the, the, the $5.2 million, we had some savings, uh, part of our freedom fund, we had some other income that came in. With all that, we've been able to accomplish those two top priorities. And so we, uh, as we, we, we move in there, we are on track in, in, terms, of, you know, in terms of those priorities. Uh, what we have not been able to do, though, um, is that we, you know, we couldn't do the outsides of the building. Uh, We didn't have enough money for that. The other part, like this building here, it's our student center. We want to refresh this center. Uh, We didn't have money for that. Uh, We need to build some new offices because in creating the students, I mean, the dedicated kids center, we lost some offices. So we needed to, in our our third portable out here, kind of do some new offices. And then we need to do some landscaping to tie the project together. So the vision is this lower parking lot down here will be turned into a grass area with a meandering pathway. Just a great place to connect and fellowship as a church. And when newcomers come, it's just going to feel like a park you know, over in this kind of amazing retreat center that God's given. So that's the vision, right? But we knew from the beginning we couldn't do that. So we asked you to give. We asked you to make that commitment. You made the commitment for three years, you know, over and above. You're going to, Over the next three years, going to make that commitment. Uh, we're two years into that, right? And so uh, we're on track assuming that we all keep our commitments the third year. And that's an important part of this, right? And so then when you come next week, this is what I wanted to prepare you for. When you come next week, you'll come inside, whether it's the kids' center or the student center, you will see uh, kind of phase one of this project. It'll be completed, for the most part, be completed, right? Phase two, though, the outsides, the student center, the, uh, the, the offices, the landscaping, that will be phase two. So when you come next week, you go, hey, this patio looks the same. Yes, it does. <laughs> that's phase two, right? Hey, the outside of the building, they still look the same. They're still like kind of old, you know? And it's like, yes, that's phase two. Are you with me on this? So I want you to know what to expect uh, as you come. And so... Um, But we were able to accomplish our top priorities. We're very excited about that. And I think you will be too uh, as we uh, go in there. Okay, now, uh, in terms of you say, wait, a natural question. So when's phase two? Uh, This is something as a leadership team we're really praying about. Because we are in that third year of this commitment. We'll be finishing our commitment there. And we're just kind of going before the Lord. What's the right time to share that kind of with the church and to take that kind of next step towards fulfilling that? And remember what I said, God not only has a what He's got a, a when and a how. And we're just seeking him in prayer as to, God, what's your timing? We don't really have a clear answer on that. We're hoping sometime in 2015 that we would begin. But that's kind of a hope. It's not an answer. Right? So that's just kind of where we're at right now, right? Now, second, the second step then is for all of us. If that first one is for me, prepare the people. And, of course, involve you. is uh, Number two is to stay focused. And so, what I mean is, well, when Israel went in the promised land, God was very clear with them. This is what you're to do. This is how you're to do it. This is when you're to do it. And one of his clearest instructions, hey, was when it comes to the inhabitants of the land, no compromise. You cannot have these pagan nations that burn their firstborn children in sacrifices to Molech. You cannot have them kind of Marry, you can't marry with them. You can't build a culture with them. Like, you have to drive them out because if you don't, um, this is going to come, come into your culture and you'll turn you to idolatry and this whole plan is going to fall apart, right? And so he's very clear. When you go and conquer the land, drive out the people, no treaties. And when they started that, they were really clear. They were focused. Hey, this is our calling. But can I tell you something? The longer that they were working through the land, the less focused they became. And what happened is they didn't drive out the inhabitants, and the inhabitants became a snare to them and derailed the whole project. So catch this. Remember those boundaries for the land? Guess how long it was until those boundaries, God's vision, came to reality. 400 more years. It wasn't until the time of King Solomon, God's vision became reality because they got off track. They turned from the right, they turned from the left. And so as a church, it's very exciting. When you move into a new building, it's very exciting, right? And therein lies the danger. We start thinking the vision is about a building. The vision is not about a building. The vision is about unleashing a movement of passionate Christ followers. The assignment is is about creating space for that to happen. Are you with me? the the vision's not about a building. The building is a tool. That's all it is. And so as we go in, we need to stay focused. What's our vision? Unleashing a movement, a passion of Christ followers. What's the assignment? To join Jesus in his in his mission to seek and save lost people. And it's going to be so easy to get off track. As we go into that building, let me give you a couple of examples. As we go in that building, I think most of you are going to love it. People that have seen it so far are blown away. Like this is not even like the same place, right? And I, I think you're going to love it. But can I tell you something? No matter how much you love something, there's always something you don't love, right? Like when you buy a house, it might be you love the house, but you don't like this about it, right? Like why? when you buy a new car. You, you all your options, right? You, you okay? This is the one I want, and I've compared all these models. There's always going to be things about this car you love that you don't love, right? When you buy a new iPhone, <laughs> right? You love it except it bends in two. I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, I would demonstrate, but mine's broken. Oh uh, no, it's kidding. All right, so, so are you with me in this? So as we come in. There's going to be things, I think you're going to love it, but there's going to be things, like for some of you, it's honestly, you're going to start like, I can't find my seat. <laughs> like, I think it was about here, but that's the wall now. That's kind of weird. Kind of, God, I, I don't know where to sit, you know. For some of you, you're like, this is so frustrating. There are so many people here now. I've got to come on time if I want a parking place. <laughs> so irritating. Where all these people come from? Like, If I'd known this was going to work, I never would have voted for it. <laughs> for some of you, it's going to be, why does the elevator only go up one floor? Because <laughs> it's a two-story building. Uh, for some of you, like, hey, I thought the bookstore was going to be bigger. Well, I thought the bookstore was going to be smaller. Where's the cappuccinos? I thought that was part of this deal, right? Like, like that's why I gave, you know? Um, I, are you with me in this? Are you following? This, this is just human nature. This is this the way it is? Uh, for some of you who serve in these ministries, you're going to, be, you're going to love it, right? You're going to be, but, but, you know, like ushers, oh, you know, i got to usher different. Like, how do we cover all these seats in one song? Oh, my gosh, you know, it's like crazy. Uh, Mike, can we do like 18 songs at the end just because I'm not sure, you know. Uh, for some of you, it's going to be like, you know, for some of you working, you know, first impressions or, or, you know, the cafe. It's like, whoa, this coffee maker, it's like huge. It's like a tank. Like, how do you run it? Uh, you know, it's just, um, there's just whatever you're thinking, kids ministry, uh, security, whatever. It's going to be, it's just new. Even if it's awesome, it's new. And you got to change and you got to adjust And I just know how we are, right, and how people are. And here's what I want you to catch. In the midst of all that, we can stop forgetting. We can forget what the vision is about. And we start focusing on the tool instead of the task. The building is a tool. It will pass away. The task is people. And they will never pass away. And so as a church, let's stay focused, right? This is not about this. And can I say, let's stay focused in our own lives. You know, two years ago, we shared about sharing Christ with people. How do we do that? We talk about people, don't, most people don't come to Jesus from zero to 60 in one conversation. It's a process. Many conversations, many people. Our job is to help them get from where they are to the next step. Right? Not to always kind of bring, you know, lead them to Christ in one cover. Not how mo- most people come. We talked about that. And we talked about one lives. We talked about these people in our life that God loves, that God is calling to Himself, that He's put us in their life. And He's called us there to begin praying for them and their salvation on a regular basis. And He's called us to invest in them relationally, have a true friendship. We truly care about them. And when the time comes and they ask questions about Jesus or church or Christianity or your life group, we answer their questions as a friend would. We share a little bit of our story, a little bit of of God's story. And when the time is right, we invite them to come and see. Why don't you just come and see? Remember that? And for, for many of us, for two years, we've been praying for people. And can I tell you something? When you open a building, everyone wants to see it. And for many of you, God's going to say, this is the time to invite their friend, your relative. They'll, they're willing to come because it's a new building. And this is the time. There may be people at your job or people in your neighborhood that God's going to touch your heart. And, just, and just say, hey, just invite them to come. Tell them it's something new. we got this new thing. We just come. Maybe it's going to be Christmas Eve service. Maybe that'll be your opportunity. Hey, Chris, a lot of people that won't come to church normally at Christmas Eve. Maybe that, Are you with me in this? That as a church, we need to remember what this is about. We are about unleashing a movement of passionate Christ followers. Amen? Amen. Let, us, let a building not get in the way. You know, some of you are like, oh, can't bring coffee in here. We might get it on the carpet. <laughs> yeah, that might happen. And if that becomes a problem, we'll deal with it. But in the meantime, we want that non-Christian friend of yours who feels much more comfortable with a cup of coffee in their hand going anywhere. We want them bringing the coffee in. But it's going to get the carpet dirty. It's going to get the carpet dirty. Yeah, well, it may. That's why we bought carpet squares. We can replace them. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, So this weekend... I've lost you. Uh, this weekend, to help us remember what it's all about, we're doing baptisms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this weekend, we have the privilege of baptizing 27 believers. And so these, uh, these rays uh, range in age from 8 years old to 56 years old. And everything in between. And so we've got about 10 at this service, I think it is. And so I want to invite you to stand with me, and we're going to go into worship. And uh, then we're going to baptize people because this is what it's all about. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. God, we just come now as your church, and we're on the verge of crossing, not in three days, but in seven days. And we can't wait until you split that water, and we go in. And we begin taking this land. We've been working so hard and praying so hard and preparing for for so long. And God, we pray that you would unleash a movement of passionate Christ followers. We pray that you would pour out your spirit on this place in a way you never have before. We pray our obedience would go deeper. Our passion would burn brighter. We pray we would love lost people. We pray that we would love you in a way we've never loved you before. We pray in ways that we've been messing around in our Christian life, sometimes to the right, sometimes to the left, that we would get straight arrow that we would walk that path and we would experience your blessing. We pray you bring people far from God to this place in this campus. We pray that as they walk on campus, the Spirit of God would come on them in such a powerful way, they would sense something is happening in this place. God, we give you our lives. We give you this week. We pray you prepare us. We pray for the sake of your name and your fame, and we pray for the sake of the world. And we pray it together. And all God's people said, Amen. amen. And God said to Joshua, I will be with you wherever you go, one step at a time, but wherever you put your foot, I'll be with you. And this is what Jesus has told us. He said, go into all the world, share the message, my life, my death, resurrection, make disciples, followers, and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've taught you. And I promise I'll be with you every step of the way. And that's the promise we step into as followers of Jesus. And so in seven days we're going in. Seven days. Are you serious? Like seven days? Yeah, seven days. Right here? Yeah, right here. Yeah, right here. No, really? You mean like seven days from now? Yeah, like seven days. You mean like next Saturday night? Yeah, next Saturday night. <laughs> next Saturday night. You mean, hey, we've been wandering in the wilderness the last two years, and we get to go in? Yes, now. Now's the time. All right? And so next week, and so this week, here's my challenge. I want you to be praying that God would be preparing our hearts and enlarging our hearts. Because we want to join Jesus in his mission, which he said is to seek and save lost people. So will you pray with me this week that God will enlarge our heart, make this not about the building, but about God, about His experiencing his presence, about proclaiming his name, and watching him draw his people to himself. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. See you in seven days.